0: Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here. Awesome to see you, those of you who are here in person, those of you who are worshiping with us online, thanks for being here. This is a, a special weekend for us, it's a great weekend, and I'm so glad that you are with us. If you are new, if this is your first, second, third time, we haven't had the chance to meet you yet, we would sure love that opportunity. If you are online, you could click the Connect button, that'll take you to our digital Connect card and you could let us know that you're with us that way. And if you're here in person, you could use the QR code that's on the seat in front of you. Just shoot that with the camera of your phone and click on the little web link that it'll take you to. Or you could stop by the welcome desk on your way out. And we would love to um, meet you, give you a mug and some chocolate and learn how we could serve you, pray for you, help you questions we can answer from you, we'd love to introduce ourselves to you. So um, thank you for doing that, if you would. So um, I'm really excited about this series that we're in. This is week two, really, of our our fall vision series. And so um, as a church, we have a vision, we have some things we think the Lord is uh, calling us to, and so we're taking a few weeks to talk about it. So I'm just gonna jump right into this. So our vision statement as a church is to be a church of generous people who honor Jesus, who love each other, and to serve our neighbors. And so if you were with us last week, you got to hear a little bit about this vision statement. First thing in italics there, we're a church. Uh, We we are not a social organization, we're not a club, we're not a team, we're a church. And that has a lot of theological and biblical weight to it. And we've talked about that in other places at other times. We can't talk about it this go round, but we don't wanna mistake that who we are. We're a church, we're a church of generous people, we're not a church of stingy people, we're not a church of apathetic people, we're a church of generous people, and we're really about three things here. We honor Jesus, we talked about that last week, and we love each other, we're gonna talk about that next week, and we serve our neighbors. And I wanna talk about that with you this week. So we have this vision statement, and we have this little visual that goes with it. I hope this kinda becomes something that you think about your spiritual life through. So this, it's a cross, we're a church, right? So we should have a cross is this visual statement. So what I love about this cross, what's helpful to me, is there is the vertical axis that helps me think about my relationship with God. And the core of that, or the phrase for all of that that we embrace as a church, is that we honor Jesus. And if you weren't with us last week, I'd really hope you'd go back to the website and listen to that, um, to that talk to help you understand why we honor Jesus and what that looks like for us. And so we've got this vertical axis and that comes first, God's always moving towards us. There's arrows on this cross where God is always moving towards me. I'm always in a posture of response to him. And so I'm always receiving so that I have something in order to respond with. So this isn't about try harder, y'all gotta do this, this is, this is let's receive some things from God, let him make me, make us into who he wants us to be and then we can worship him, we can honor Jesus. And then there's that horizontal axis of the cross that that talks to us about our relationships with each other. And so we use the terms here about we love each other and we talk about that in the framework of church we serve our neighbors. We talk about that in the framework of outside. And so, so really this weekend, we're gonna talk about serving our neighbors and there are three words that we kinda hang on to that or three little bullet points for that. We serve our neighbors through evangelism, through biblical justice, and through missions. Now, all of those are churchy, all of them are big. Uh, words and so we probably ought to talk about them a little bit. They're very applicable to your life and to my life. And so this is really the meat of what we're gonna be talking about uh, this weekend is um, what it looks like to serve our neighbors these three different ways. And what I wanna do is I wanna take you to four different Bible sections where this idea of serving our neighbors, like where this comes from, this isn't something we came up with, this, is, this has been given to us and we're saying yes to it as a church, and so I wanna start with Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is Jesus, he has died on the cross, he's risen from the dead, he is ready to ascend back to heaven, and he called his closest followers to him. And this is what he said. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, so Jesus gives this, it's known in uh, church circles, in theological realm, it's called the Great Commission. If this was, this is what Jesus looked at his followers and he said to them, hey, this is what you are to be about. Go and make disciples. A disciple's a learner, a disciple's a follower. You are learners, you are followers of me. You go and make followers, make learners my way, baptize them, bring them into the community of believers, teach them to obey, teach them to obey what I've said so that they walk in obedience to me and I'll be with you as you do that. And so he gave this commission to those first followers and it has been passed down to every follower of Jesus since then. Now here's here's what I want you to hear this weekend about this commission. Jesus gave this commission to his followers before the church was born, okay? So Jesus gave this commission to his followers and then like 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came and that gave birth to the church. And the order of this is really important for us as people who belong to a church. Jesus did not plant a church and then give that church something to do. Jesus issued a commission to his followers and then gave them the church so that they could accomplish it. What the church is, the church is the vehicle through which Jesus is going to, he wants his, it's we use the church to accomplish this great commission. So what that tells us, because the commission and then the church, that tells us from, from heaven's perspective the church really has one thing that we're about. And it's this idea of going and making disciples and teaching them to baptizing them and teaching them to obey. Everything that Jesus commanded. And so we have, this, we have this commission and the church is the vehicle through which the commission is gonna get accomplished, right? So Jesus says, go make disciples. Now there are a couple of things. One of them Jesus said about himself, once a story that he told that help us understand a little more about attitude and about posture in this disciple making thing. And so, First thing, Jesus said this about himself. Mark recorded it for us. Mark chapter 10, it's around verse 45, where Jesus, he, he's speaking of himself and he says, he says, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if you were with us last weekend, we talked about Jesus and about how he is, he is worthy of honor. We honor Jesus because he is worthy of honor. God the Father has declared that he is worthy of honor. He, he had glory with the Father before he came to earth. He laid all that glory aside. He came to earth. He humbled himself to become like us, and he humbled himself to enter into death, a criminal's death, and because of that, God has exalted him and given him the highest place. So, so Jesus, had Jesus showed up on our earth as the son of God, it would have been entirely appropriate for him to, to come here and be born, not to Mary and Joseph of a little town somewhere out of the way, and nobody knew, born in a stable. Like, he should have been born into a king's family and all of creation should have worshiped him. Like It would be entirely appropriate for him, based on who he is, for if he had showed up on earth and said, hey, I am here for you to serve me but he did not come here to be served. Instead, he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for people. And he laid the path down for his followers in how we approach the commission that he has given to us. The the way we approach is like we adopt his attitude, his posture of of serving and of humility. He's unique, he serves and gives his life as a ransom. You and I can't give our lives as a ransom for someone else, but we are called to serve and to give our lives following our leader. So the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So there's this guy that was talking to Jesus one day, and um, he asked Jesus this question. He said um, that they would have the discussion about like the greatest command is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the one that lays right next to it, like the second greatest command, but it's so close, like it gets said in the same sentence, is to love your neighbor the way you love yourself. And so, so they got that right. Jesus and this, this guy, they, they got down to that. And then the guy asked this question He says, Who's my neighbor? Okay, so I just want to tell you, like, this could be a great question to ask. If you ask it with a generous heart like, Who's my neighbor? Who am I uniquely called? Who am I uniquely gifted to, to step in and, and be a neighbor? Like, who's my neighbor? But the guy asked this question, he didn't ask it with a generous heart, he asked it with a stingy heart. And, and so Jesus stopped him, and he told him this story, and he told him this story about, about a man who had been waylaid on the side of the road, and he was, he was at death's door, beaten, dirty, bloody, in, like, in desperate condition, desperate situation, and two different religious leaders from the nation of Israel, the ancient nation of Israel, walked to this guy, saw him, and intentionally walked on by because like, they weren't willing to get involved with what it was gonna cost them to get involved with this guy. And then this Samaritan who was kinda in the eyes of the ancient Jewish people, this, this Samaritan who's kind of at the bottom of the social rung, this Samaritan sees this guy who's in desperate need and he actually helps him. And in telling this story, everybody who had heard that story would've been like, "Oh, come on, Samaritans, don't ask that. What in the world are you talking about Jesus here? That's not how Samaritans act. But Jesus tells this surprising story and then Jesus asks, this guy who is trying to, like with a stingy heart, who's my neighbor, Jesus asks him, he says, which of these three, the two religious leaders or the Samaritan, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers and the expert in the law, the guy with the stingy heart, replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So, so be a a, a humble, merciful person serve, show mercy to the people who are around you, even when you don't know anything about their condition. Like, other than they need help, go be a person who shows mercy. All right, and then as we talk about serving our neighbors, there's this other description, this comes from the Apostle Paul, who was, like, he was an expert in the things that Jesus had talked about and he got it. He understood it and he lived it out. And so the Apostle Paul was one of these guys that he was saying yes to this great commission that we've been given to go and make disciples. And he was in this place called Thessalonica when, and he planted this church in Thessalonica. So he went and shared this, this good news with these people. And then he later wrote them a letter and he was just describing kind of his heart towards them and his, his ministry among them. 1 Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight. Here's what he says to them. As I came into town and I didn't know any of you guys, I just walked into this town, and I came to to talk with you about who Jesus is and the difference he can make in your life. So I cared for you, we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So it wasn't just this like, hey, I walked into town and I've got something I'm about to tell you, and then whatever you do with it from there. Like, I cared about you loved you and, and I loved you like I shared not just this message that has been entrusted to me but I shared my life with you and now like we are connected to each other we love each other and so it's this posture of of humility and and service and and love and laying down our own lives and giving like that's that's the call this, this is why we say we this is why we say we serve our neighbors because because serving is like we We're here to serve. We have have the posture that Jesus had. We have a humble posture. We have the attitude that Jesus had. We're laying our lives down. We have the the humility of like, we love you and we share our lives with you. We're here here to serve our neighbors, the people who need help, regardless of what we know or think about their situation or what they know or think about us. Like somebody's in need, we're here to help. So we serve our neighbors. So for us as a church, we start thinking about, like we serve our neighbors in obedience to this great commission and great, like awesome, like this amazing opportunity that Jesus gives us to be part of what he's doing in other people's lives to take his good news. As we think about how we do this as a church, we really come back to those three big churchy words. like So we evangelism, biblical justice, and mission. So I wanna just kind of break these down for us just a little bit and then talk about some next steps and and we have some people that you'd want to meet, and so I'm really excited for that, so I wanna give you a few minutes to do that. So let me talk first about evangelism. So this is a church word, um, big time church word. It, it has not always been a church word. When, when Jesus used it, when the first followers of Jesus used it, it wasn't, it wasn't church. It was, it was like media. It was like, um, if you had good news to share, you know, the, the evan- evangelism was simply sharing good news. With, with another person, and so this word over time has come into the church, it's become this churchy thing, and it's come with all the baggage that churches can attach to that. So if you're new to church, you may not have any idea, but if you've been around like I have, this word has, this is a loaded word, right? So, so evangelism is, it's about sharing good news. So here's a definition for you of evangelism, and then I'm gonna give you a little strategy for for how to do evangelism, the definition of evangelism is very simply intentionally helping other people see Jesus as their savior. Right? If, you, if, you, if you are in need of rescue, how great is it that there's someone who can rescue you? Right? And you and I as Christian people have and are experiencing the rescue that God has given to us in Jesus, and when our neighbors are in need of rescue, for, for you to know and for me to know there is a rescuer. Like Here's, here's somebody who, could, they, he helped me, he could help you. And so evangelism is, is on purpose, being intentional about this, helping someone else see Jesus as their savior. Not just as a nice guy, not as a good teacher, not as a moral, but like Jesus is the one who could rescue you from, from your sins, from the direction that you're headed. From, you need help, here's, here's the one who could help you. That's great news. When somebody's in need of help, there's somebody who could rescue you. And a strategy for this, what I love about this strategy, this is, it is simple enough that I can remember it. And it has helped me over and over again because, because this is a, a loaded idea. Event, like, and because religion and politics always seem to get you in a fight, right? So here's, here's a way to step into conversations with people about like, there's somebody who could, who could rescue you. Prayer, care, share. They rhyme. It helps me tremendously. Prayer, care, share. So we pray for that person, for God to be doing his thing with them and to be doing his thing with me. Amazing things happen when we pray. Evangelism is a spiritual deal. So there's, there's physical stuff that goes into it as we build relationship with people, that care part. But there's there's prayer that happens because this is stuff going on in the unseen world and prayer impacts the unseen world. And so we pray for people that need to be rescued by Jesus and so we pray for them. And we care for them, but entering into relationship with people and, and expressing care and concern engaging with them in their lives this is very human interaction. This is not a transactional deal. This isn't based on, well, I'm gonna care for you until I get an opportunity to you know, tell you this and then I'm gonna move on. This is relationship with, these are, these are people. And nobody wants to be somebody's project. So the, I'm not advocating like you've got a project person. I'm talking about like, you got some people in your life that you're praying for and you're caring for them and then that share piece, like you just share your life with them and you get to share your story with them about who God is and what he's doing for you and in your life, you might get to share the gospel with them, you get to share spiritually meaning experiences with them, inviting them to things that are meaningful and helpful to you, you get to, you get to share with them. And in doing that, you're, you're hopefully helping them begin to see Jesus as their savior. And that's really good news to somebody who's in need of rescue. So when we talk about evangelism, this is what we're talking about, is prayer, care, share, helping other people begin to see Jesus as their savior. So evangelism is one of the things. Next thing that we have on there, the other big word that we have on there is um, biblical justice. Justice is a, like, that's a hot thing right now in our culture. And there is, um, I was kind of like, I always wonder what's gonna happen when I start talking about about justice. So we put the word biblical justice on this because here's the deal. The Bible tells us what is true and only truth sets people free. So if you, if you want freedom for yourself or you want somebody else to experience freedom, the only way that happens is capital T, God's truth. And so, so when we engage in, in justice work, we, we wanna engage from, from God's perspective as he's made it known to us in the scriptures. And you know, we don't decide like, our position on that in a vacuum. Um, we all bring our own little limited experience and our own way of reading the Bible, and it's really important that we're talking to other Christian people and we're engaged in a dialogue as we try to learn from each other about this kind of stuff. But, but at the end of the day, like when we do justice work, we're, we're, we're helping people come to truth so that they can experience freedom. Like we're bringing God's truth into this. So, so justice, a couple things. It's always about what is fair and right from God's point of view. Justice is what's about what's fair and right, and it's what's fair and right from God's point of view. Because again, what's fair and right from your point of view, or from my point of view, or from somebody else's point of view, we could be skewed on that. We bring our ideas, we bring our experiences, we bring our thoughts on what's right and wrong. Like, we could, we could mess that up, and instead of doing what is really fair and right, we just end up, like, we just turn justice sideways, right? So it's, it's maybe these people are getting a little better shake, but these, so it's not fair and right across the board. So we're always working on what is fair and right from God's point of view, And this is hard work. Justice work is hard work. It requires a lot of physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, relational energy. It's hard work. It requires learning, and it requires being humble, and it requires being teachable, and it requires listening. Like, this is hard work. And so it's really easy to just step back and say, maybe that's work for somebody else, but it's not. It's not work for somebody else. You can't read the Bible and think that God doesn't care about what's just and fair and right in the world in relationships with people. And I love what Tim Keller said in his book, Generous Justice. He says, if you're trying to live a life in accordance with the Bible, the concept and call to justice are inescapable. They're inescapable. When we do justice, we do justice when we give all human beings their due as creations of God. Doing doing justice includes not only the righting of wrongs, but generosity and social concern, especially towards the poor and vulnerable. Over and over again in the scriptures, God calls us to do what is right and to do what's fair to people who are vulnerable. Jesus talks about it and says on the last day, I'm gonna look at those of you who, who went to the margins of society and did what's right for the people who the culture has pushed to the edges. Those of you who did what's right to that group, I'm gonna look at you and say, hey, when you did it for them, you did it for me. This is a big deal in God's eyes, and so to to do justice, to do biblical justice, what's fair and right from God's perspective, that's really important for us as we serve our neighbors. We wanna help make things that are wrong right, and we wanna make sure that people have their due as. As human beings created in the image of God. And so we do we do justice here. And then the last little of those bulletins, missions. We do missions. Uh, We do evangelism, we do biblical justice, and we do missions. I I don't know if you knew this. Our church is part of a denomination. Our denomination is called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. It's like the history of our denomination is rooted in missions of, of people taking this good news about Jesus to the farthest parts of the earth and with our denomination in particular it started with with people saying yes I'll go to the places that are hardest to reach they're the hardest to get to they're the, the most they're the most opposed to who Jesus is and the claims that he makes like our denomination was birthed out of saying yes to getting to to the most difficult and the toughest places and so We love this part of our denomination, that this this missions thing, and so so a definition of missions is taking the good news of Jesus across cultures and or beyond borders. So if if you're a professor of missions in a seminary, you might be a little disappointed in this definition, but for for the rest of us, this is what it is. It's taking this good news of Jesus cross-culturally and beyond some sort of border and political border. So, so this is what missions is, and Jesus looked at his followers and he said to him, hey listen, you're gonna be my witnesses. This Great Commission thing, it's not just for your neighborhood. It's for your neighborhood, don't miss that part. It's not just for your neighborhood. You're gonna take it to the ends of the earth. And so we get to be part of the good news about Jesus traveling from Wherever it is today, to wherever the ends of the earth are today. Now, why you and I ought to be really thrilled about this—that those first followers of Jesus, they were in Jerusalem, in Israel. Had they not taken this good news of Jesus to the ends of their earth, you and I would have never heard about him. If they have just locked it down and kept it there, you and I would not know. And so today, you and I know about Jesus and we have been entrusted with this because another group of Christian people said, yep, we will go and we'll be part of that. Carrying this news into places that people that aren't like us, in places where we don't really know how, we'll go figure all that out for the privilege of being able to tell somebody else about who Jesus is. So mission's thinking about this It's really simple, you can give to missions, you can pray for missions, and you can go. We live in a beautiful time in history where the average person can get on an airplane and go somewhere and spend a week and get to do real life missions work and come home and get exposed to and participate in this real life carrying the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so this go thing, it could be short, it can be medium, you might think, man, I don't know that I can sign up for something like that for the rest. of A week seems too short, and the rest of my life seems too long. There are opportunities for everything in between. And so we have this incredible opportunity to be people who, who give and who pray and who go. So we do evangelism, we do biblical justice, we do missions, and we are a next steps church. I'm saying this to you every week, we're a next steps church. If you're sitting in your seat saying, I think I'm fine on this, on this loving our neighbors deal, that is not the vision, <laughs> the vision is, We all have next steps to take. And so I wanna ask you a question. I wanna wanna help you think through what are your next steps. All right, so I'm gonna make some suggestions to you. I'm gonna ask our band to come back out here in a minute. And I'm gonna give you some ideas to think through what your next steps in evangelism, justice, and missions could look like for you. So for this evangelism thing, right where you sit, you could make a decision, you could make a commitment to start praying for, you fill in the blank, family member, friend, neighbor, somebody that you're not even really sure what their last name is, or you might even have to ask them their first name because you sit across the office from, but, but somebody, maybe a face comes to mind as we're sitting here talking about this. The good news of Jesus has been shared with you and you have the opportunity to begin sharing the good news of Jesus with somebody else to start praying for them. You fill in the blanks, you see that face for them, that you're just gonna make a commitment to start praying for them, it starts with prayer. And then to invite that person or maybe somebody else, maybe another name comes to mind in this, you're gonna invite them to something that's spiritually meaningful for you so that you can experience that together and then you can process it together and see what God does with that. And so those are some, maybe in evangelism, that's, that's your next steps for justice. Choose a cause. You know, choose a cause. There are a lot of, there are a lot of justice causes. Too long to met, too many to, too many to list in this moment. There are, there are so many people who are who are not being treated as if they were made in the image of God and they have eternal dignity and value and worth. And as Christian people, like, we have the opportunity to step into that. And, and so you can choose a cause. And alongside of that maybe the next step for you is to make a meaningful commitment to a christian nonprofit that's connected to that cause and and so that would be like that's a great way to get into in most justice areas there are people who are already doing the work and if you're new to the game they're way ahead of you so they can they can accelerate your learning curve and they can connect you to stuff when you make a meaningful commitment to them you will have you have open doors into meaningful justice work. And so, so maybe, maybe that's a next step for you, biblical justice. And then this last one for missions. As a church, we're really involved in a few places. Cambodia is one of our places. Dominican Republic is one of our places. West Africa is one of our places. And so just for you to pray, just gonna learn some things about some of those places, about, you can go to our website and learn a little bit more about our missions efforts in those spots so to begin to pray for those places, maybe give. When you give here, you give there, you give directly to them, that's okay, we're good with that too. So you pray to that, you give to that, and, and maybe some of you are thinking that go thing sounds like something that I need to be involved in. That's, that'd be an awesome next step for you, take some baby steps forward. So, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray for us. And then um, the band's gonna sing this song. And it's a song, there's, there's commitment in this song. There's, so, you, so you can sing it, you can let them sing it over you. You can just kinda ponder what your next steps are. You can make commitments that you need to make in this little bit. But this, this serve our neighbors piece of our vision statement, this is what we're about. This is why all the other stuff happens. Jesus gave us a mission and then he gave us the church to fulfill his mission. So if you guys would bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for us, and the band is gonna, gonna sing for us. So Lord, thank you for including us in what you're doing. It's amazing that you would let people like us be part of, of what you are doing, what you wanna do in the lives of our neighbors, near and far. So may we, may we be people who say yes to our next step. So would you call us forward these next couple of minutes so we serve and love you by serving, loving our neighbors. And Jesus, you have modeled this for us, you served and loved us, so we pray these things in your name.
1: glory oh I'll never be the same now I live to tell the story Jesus is the
0: Hey, that was fun. Like this is the cool side right here, right? I'm like, we know, we had this conversation backstage. So, um, hey, so those of you who are here in the room, great opportunity for you. I think you saw it when we walked in. Uh, Most of our local missions partners are here on site this weekend. And um, we're gonna let you go here in just a minute, but I'm asking you to go meet their representatives um, walk through, see the, see the causes that are represented. There's opportunities for you to take step, next steps in evangelism, biblical justice, particularly here in our community. Go meet the representatives, go find out a little bit about what they do, go set up time to take a tour, to take some next steps in these things. There's tremendous opportunity for you. For those of you guys who are online, you can go to the missions page on our website and you can meet these ministry partners that way but would love for you to walk out of this place with something stirring inside of you, an opportunity for you to take your next steps in serving our neighbors. So thank you guys for being here. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Go meet our ministry partners. We'll see you next week.